But we've been studying the week before, the, week, the last week of Jesus' life. You may not know this, but Jesus lived 33 or so years of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are four chapters about those 33 years. There are 29 chapters about the last week of Jesus' life, which is the week before Easter, which we call Passion Week. That Jesus' passion and love for us did something for us. He came and died for us, and today we celebrate his resurrection. It's listed in all four of the Gospels, but today I'm going to read to you from John's Gospel, his account of it, in John chapter 20, verse 1 through 8. I'm going to read it to you real quick. It says, Early on in the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. That would have been this morning. She saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved. If you don't know, the, that, the one that Jesus loved is John, who wrote the book. He's writing about himself. I think it's a little bit arrogant that he names himself the one that, that Jesus loved. But, you know, God let him put it in the Bible. So there you go. It says, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. See, at this point, they still don't know that he's alive. They think that somebody's stolen his, stolen his body to, to be the, the next scandal. But look what it goes on to say in verse 3. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. The other disciples, John. Both were running. This is funny. John puts this. Tell me this is not two guys. But the other disciple outran Peter. In other words, he's writing the book. Is by the way, I ran faster than you, Peter. And got there first. Then he tells on himself. He says, he bent over, looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Like he got there first, but he decided, uh-uh, I ain't going in there. And he leans in, and the Bible describes what you see there in the linen would have been not, they're scattered, but if you can imagine Jesus' body there wrapped in linen, and then suddenly he's gone. The linen was laid perfectly in the shape that it would have been wrapped around. Only the linen on his face was moved. Then the Bible says Simon Peter, this is the, who we know as Peter, came along behind him, went straight to the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen laying there in that shape, as well as the cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was placed lying in its place, separate from the linen. And it says finally the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, in other words, John finally got enough gumption, he went in, and I highlighted this for you. I want you to say these last four words with me. He saw and he... Come on, he saw and he believed. See, they still didn't believe that Jesus was alive until they went in and saw that the, the wrapping was around him. See, the resurrection allows us to celebrate the fact what we just stood up and cheered for a little while ago, that Jesus is alive. He's not dead. He's not somebody who just was in the past. The Bible says that God was, is, and will forever will be. But you know, most of the Gospels, again, they talk more about uh, Jesus. In the, in the verses on resurrection, they talk more about what Jesus did after the resurrection than the actual resurrection. I think because God, for God it wasn't a big deal. It was like, you want to be resurrected? Good. Boom, he's, he's resurrected. But all the Gospels talk about him appearing to people before Jesus went to heaven. So five times before Jesus went to heaven... He appeared to the disciples. Ten times throughout the Gospels, he appeared to other people before he ascended 
into heaven. You see, I think this is just showing, showing what I think is the heart of God. I may give you a little, maybe a little different twist on an Easter message than maybe you've heard. Because I think the resurrection is pretty clear cut. Jesus came back. He's alive. And he wanted to be with people. He wanted to do what I think is the heart of God and stay close to people. And I know a lot of us will relate to the people that he shows up to. So this morning, I'm just going to give you three. Let me give you the first one here. This is in John chapter 20, verse 11. This is Mary. This is not Jesus' mother. This is, this is Mary who was standing outside the tomb, Mary Magdalene. So Mary was standing outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other sitting at the foot of where Jesus had been laying. The men said to them, the angels said to them, Dear woman, why are you crying? Notice immediately they, ask, they respond to her distress. They respond to her the fact that she is crying. There's something wrong. She's confused. She's lost. And look what she answers. She said, because they've taken away my Lord, she replied. And again, I don't know where they put him. So she still was kind of iffy. The disciples said they believed, but Mary's still trying to figure this out. The Bible goes on to say she turned to leave and, some, and saw someone standing there. Now she's looking at Jesus, but look what the rest of the verse says. It was Jesus, but she still didn't recognize him. You see, the first person Jesus appeared to was the hurting I think he saw Mary standing there and said, I can't leave my daughter sitting like that. I think a lot of us can probably identify with this. So why, why did God appear to her first? Look what Psalm says in Psalm 34, 18. It says, the Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted. And he rescues her. He goes after those who, whose spirits are crushed. I don't know if you've ever been in that place, but I have. Have you ever been where, where you're just at a loss for words? Maybe in an unexpected death, a loss of a loved one, a breakup, a marriage, a child, whatever. And you just, it's one of those crushing that you just, you can't, you can't, can't breathe. The Bible says that Jesus went to her. I think that's where she was. So my, my point to you today is this, is you need to look for him. You may not feel him. You may not even expect him. But Jesus is still showing up. And even if it's just new to you, you need to know this, that Jesus isn't far away. So look for him. You know, we try each week. And I hope your ki those of you who have kids next door will tell you this. Not only over there, but in here. We try each week to create an environment where if you've never experienced God, if it's new to you, you can experience a real and live God. If you've been saved for a while and been in church all your life, then our prayer is the Bible says God's new every morning, that even showing up will learn something new about God. You see, that we can experience Him even if you can't figure it out, even if it doesn't make sense, even if, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I want you to be honest with yourself, even if you've had doubts. Because the second person that Jesus showed up to is a man, they, wouldn't you love to this to be, your, you're known for this in history. There's a man in the Bible that we know as Doubting Thomas. 
and he was a disciple. And how would you like to be, you know, some of us are like, we, we, we call football players and athletes and different people the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Wouldn't that love to be that title? Clint Williams, the GOAT. The best pastor of all time, right? Hey, don't laugh at that. So here's Thomas with Jesus. Thomas is really distraught. He gets to the place where he says, listen, I can't believe any of this because I was with him and now he's gone. And he doubted. And so they, they titled him Doubting Thomas. But I think a lot of us can identify because we, we get to the place where Thomas is, and I've been there, and I'm pretty sure those in the room have been there, this place where we say this, that maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I just can't believe because it's, I'm the issue. I can't figure this out. Maybe I've, I've done it wrong. See, a lot of us struggle with this idea that it's me. But look what John says in John chapter 20. He's talking about Thomas. He said, now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So here's how he got his name. Jesus shows up to the disciples. They all see him. Thomas wasn't there. And so now the disciples have got one up on him. You look in the next verse, the Bible tells us, so the other disciples told Thomas, hey, we've seen the Lord. Jesus is back. No, really he is. And look what Thomas says. He said, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and I actually put my finger in that hole and put my finger in the hole in his side, I just can't believe. And we laugh about the title of Doubting Thomas, but there are a lot of you and, a lot, and even me who are in this same spot was like, I can't believe this. I can't believe God would still think I have value. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said. You don't know who I've been with. You don't know what I've smoked, drank, who I've slept with. All this, you name it all out. I don't think Jesus cares. But look what he did. Look what Jesus, I think, did for Thomas. A week later, so a week goes by. This is a week after the resurrection. His disciples were in the house again, and John's sure to tell us this time Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked. That explains the next part of this verse, if you know anything about Jesus. So the doors are locked. So Jesus comes into the room with the doors locked. Not not strike any of y'all as maybe, maybe a moment that you would pucker. <laughs> like somebody, you're in a locked room, doors are shut, and there were 12 of you, and then you look up, and now there's 13. Jesus just popped through the wall because the doors were locked. And he said this, and I think he, he said this because he scared the bejesus out of them. He said, peace be with you. Y'all chill. It's me, Jesus. Then he looked. He went by all the disciples and went straight to Thomas and said, put your finger here. Go ahead. You don't believe me? Go ahead and try me. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. And he tells him. Now he's given him an option to do something, but he also says, hey, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. And he says, stop doubting and believe. Thomas then responds to him, you are. You're my God, my Savior, my Lord. You see, Jesus didn't attack him for it. A lot of Christianity today, if you hear this, and I'm sorry there are pastors that do this, and it drives me up the wall, that tell you, before you come in here on Easter, you better get your stuff right. You better clean up. You better smell good. I don't want to hear any four-letter words. You, you can't dip. You can't smoke. You can't drink. Whatever it is, get rid of it all. Get your life right before you come here. No. 
This is the best place you can bring all your junk. Your hurt, your pain, your addictions, everything. You bring it here. And I think that's what Jesus was telling him. Jesus met him right in the middle of his doubt. He didn't just show him his hand. He put his hand out and said, go ahead. See, Jesus isn't bothered by your doubts. So take a step this morning. This may be new to you. We, we say here, and you see it in the foyer, you'll see it on the back of the signage as you go, you'll see it on the screen behind me at times. We say one step. That there are those in the room who have been serving God for 50 years. And there are those of you maybe in the room who served God for a while and maybe now you're not. There are those in the room who, who don't know what we're talking about. We tell people that it's just one step. And for some of you, I applaud you because your one step was bigger than anybody else's this morning and you just decided to believe in God just enough to walk through those doors. If you do nothing else, let me tell you how proud I am of you. Because you overcame what Thomas could not until he saw Jesus, that you could show up this morning and know that, that God's not here to slam you, to judge you. But he's here because he wants you to take a step and he wants you to reach out, to just turn around. You see, and then the third person, so you got Mary, you got Thomas. Now, the third person was now standing in very public, very in front of everybody, and in complete failure. There was a man named Peter, one of the disciples. Peter had the ultimate public failure. At dinner, the Last Supper, he, he tells Jesus, Father, I'll never leave you. I'll never turn my back on you. I'll never, ever walk away from you. And Jesus calls him baloney. And Jesus says to him, oh no, by the time the sun comes up, you're not going to do it once, not twice, but three times. And then you're going to hear a rooster crow. <laughs> and you're going to know, I told you it was going to happen. Peter said, no, no, no. And the moment they came and took Jesus, what do you think Peter did? He took off. See, Jesus' response to Peter's failure. And someone in this room needs to know this. I don't know, who, as I was preparing this week, I just, I thought, man, somebody really needs to hear this this week. You think your failures are driving Jesus away? You think your screw-ups, you think how many times you've come to him and said, I'm sorry? You think how many times you've, you've just blown him off? How many people you've hurt, the things you've done, the laws you've broken, the places you've been? You think all that is driving Jesus away. But let me tell you something that's true. The truth is, your failures attract Jesus to you. They don't push him away. They bring him closer. They bring him, bring him in, knocking on the door, saying, I'm here. Look what John writes in John 21. He says, when they had finished eating, Simon, Jesus said to Peter, son of John, who do you love? Or do you love me? More than these. And he's talking about the other disciples. But here's what you need to know before we finish this verse. The New Testament was written in, not originally in, in English. It was written in Greek. And the, in Greek, there, listen, I did, I did well to, to get through my degrees learning English. I married somebody who knows Greek and Hebrew because it's way above my pay grade. But this is the simple thing I do know. Greek is more expressive than English. So I would say to my wife... I love you. But I would also t say to a close friend in English, love you, brother. 
and we just have one word for love. Well, in Greek, there's like five words. And what Jesus is saying here is this, this word of love that it says it's, it's agape. It means love with no conditions. And Peter says back to him, you know that I love you. But he doesn't use the word agape. He uses the word phileo, which is where we get the word Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia, which is the city of brotherly love. That's the kind of love it is. He's like, I love you, but I don't know about like that. I'm in, but I'm not all the way in. And he, Jesus tells him, well, then feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said to Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you agape? Again, Simon, Peter answered, yeah, I love you like a brother, yeah. And you know that I love you like a brother. Jesus still said, well, you're still good, and still, I still need you to serve. Take care of my sheep. The third time Jesus said to him, and then Jesus switches up. If you look this up in, in, the, old, in the original text, Jesus doesn't say agape. Jesus meets him where he is and changes the word to the phileo word. He says, hey, I'm there. I love you like a brother. Do you love me like a brother? And Jesus goes to him and meets him where he is instead of trying to drag him. And he says, do you love me? He said, Peter said, Lord, you know I love you and all things that I love you. And Jesus said again in verse 17, then feed my sheep. Here's what I think Jesus was doing. I think you need to know this morning. Jesus isn't giving up on you. So love him. Some of you are afraid to let God in your life because you think he'll, he's given up on me because of the things I've done. And here I'm telling you, he's not. So love him. For those of you who feel like a failure, Jesus has not written you off so you can love him. See, resurrection was just not about comfort. It was about helping, hurt, helping the hurting, the crying. But you need to know this. That God did the same thing in the beginning. He did it at the end in Genesis, I mean, Genesis and Revelation. If you don't know, the Bible is, is laid out, starts in Genesis in the Old Testament. And you read your way through to the New Testament when Jesus showed up. And it ends in Revelation. See, even... God says, I'm here to comfort, I'm here to pursue, I'm here to, to, take the, to, uh, to comfort the hurting, the crying, the doubting, the lost. Jesus isn't giving up on you. But I want to show you something. This is in Genesis. This is the beginning. If you remember the story, God created the earth and he put man and woman on it. Well, then man and woman did what? They messed up. Then they did exactly what we still do today. We try to go hide. Look what the Bible says in Genesis 3. It says, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife, Adam and Eve, heard God walking. So they were hiding. God's moving. Walking about the garden, so they hid from the Lord among the trees. Ushers, you guys can do your thing. Then it goes on to say, The Lord called to the man. He didn't just go, oh, well, they screwed up. I'm, I'm going to just write them off. He called out and said, hey, where are you? Adam and Eve didn't want to show themselves because they knew they had messed up. Well, do you think God didn't know they messed up? And he was still looking for them. Now I want to show you something else. This is the last words that are recorded of Jesus in the Bible. 
Not the last words. This is after he's been resurrected. He's now in heaven. Jesus gives John the revelator, the, the revelation, which is the end time. And this is what he gives him in Revelation chapter 3. He says, hey, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. And they will be with me. See, there's some of you this morning, and some of you are saved, and some of you are trying to figure this whole Easter out. Some of you honestly are here, and this is great if you are. Some of you are here because you had a family member that told you, if you don't show up, I'm never talking to you again, right? Y'all can be honest. There's some of you, like, I'm not, I'm only here because if she didn't tell me to come, I'd be hunting turkeys. I'd be sitting in the woods, I'd be, or I'd be somewhere else. But you're here. And God knew you were going to be here. And he's here to tell you something. He came back. He sent Jesus to die for us. And now Jesus is resurrected. He came because he's trying to tell us something. It doesn't matter how far you are from him. It doesn't matter if you've never felt like you've, I've never prayed. I've never, some of you um, feel like, gosh, I just showed up. Like the, the house is going to collapse on us. The church is just explode because I, I showed up here. Well, no, that's not true. But you need to know this this morning. And I don't know, this, this probably will speak to somebody. That if you're a hundred steps from God, if that's how we quantify how far you are from God, God will take 99 to get to you. That's not what a lot of people believe. A lot of people believe, well, I got to take 99 and then Jesus will do his thing. Oh, no, no. See, the, the great thing about God is you just have to take one step. For some of you this morning, it's simply turning around. Will you take one step this morning? I'm going to ask everybody in the room to do me a favor. You got this little square sheet. I want you to grab that square sheet. Even if you don't intend to fill it out, fake it. Just humor me. All the dream team, all the staff, everybody's doing this. I'm asking everybody to do this. And on the back are four boxes. The Bible tells us that starting a relationship, a real relationship with Jesus is this easy. And that is this. The Bible says if you confess it with your mouth, believe it in your heart, that Jesus, that Easter is true. Jesus did come. He died for me. He died for my sins to pay a debt I can't pay. You don't have to explain it. You just have to believe it. You don't have to give a 50-point sermon before you can be saved. The Bible says you just believe it, you confess it. That Jesus is your Lord. And God, I'm going to bring all my junk. I'm crying, my doubt, my fear, my anger, my addictions, my hatred, everything I have. God, I'm going to lay it here. And the Bible says that Jesus moves. He takes 99 steps. You only have to take one. But we're going to do this today. On what, if you've never seen, we've done this years before. Some of you may have seen this. But the box A stands for this. Box A says, I already know God personally. I've already got a relationship with him. You can take your pen, you can mark it. If you need a pen, there's pens in the seats in front of you. Then there's box B. There's box B that says, I'm beginning a real relationship with God today. Notice it doesn't say, I figured it out. 
Notice it doesn't say I got all my ducks in a row. Notice it doesn't say I'm never going to cuss again. Notice it doesn't say I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to sin again. It just says today I'm, begin- I'm beginning a real relationship with God. I'm confessing it with my mouth, and I believe it in my heart that he's come to save me, and he's going to help me. Then B is your box. Then there's box C. And I would love to have a church full of people in box C. People think I'm crazy, but I love this. If you're bold enough to say, hey, I want to consider what God wants in my life more. I'm not sure I'm quite comfortable yet. Well, here's my invitation to you. You come, you sit, you stay weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. I'm not asking you to give. I'm not asking you to serve. I'm just asking you to come and you let God walk this out with you because he's taken his 99 steps so that you can take your one. And you come as long until you feel comfortable. So you say, no, today I'm going to check box B. Last year, we had a bunch of people check box C. And I dare say they're back today checking box B. Then there's box D. And honestly, this is the one I have the mo- I, I give you the most cred for. That if you're willing to say, I don't ever intend to make that decision, then you're welcome to do that. But you need to know this. We're going to pray for you anyway. Even if you mark D. Last year, we had people mark D that came to us later on and said, hey, and now I've moved up to C. We had a couple Ds that said, hey, I was that D. I don't know why, but I need to check B today. So I'm asking you, which box are you going to check today? We celebrate with you if you say, today's my day and I start and check B. We invite you to stay and stick around as long as you want if you're C. And we're going to keep praying for you that you'll move up to a B, even if you're a D. So what I'd like to do is just ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to sing one more song in just a minute. And as I pray, or during the last song, I'm going to ask you to check a box. You can add this with your info update, and y'all can drop it in. There'll be ushers in the back with buckets. You can pile them in those buckets. But I want you to have a moment with God and ask God, are we going to do this today? Am I checking B today? Why don't you bow your heads? God, I thank you in Jesus' name that we're all checking box right now. God, we're checking the box that I'm starting today. We're checking the box. God, I'm, I'm returning today in box B. God, I'm checking. I just haven't figured this out yet. I'm not comfortable yet. And God, maybe even I'm just never going to do it. God, I ask all the way across the board that you change lives forever. You change lives forever. And God, I thank you in Jesus' name that we receive it today.